Now and Again is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage, Keanu, and more, head on over to cageclub.me. That is cageclub.me. Please play this song on the radio. Please play this song on the radio. Folks, welcome back to Now and Again. This is a very special episode. This is an episode that I'm going to refer to as a, a Nico, Nico Moneyball. He has come up with a series of ESPN-like statistics for the nows and agains, and here he is to talk about it. Nico, hello, you beautiful Excel sheet-loving nerd boy. God, I love Excel sheets. You know, it was actually a really hard decision uh, whether I should do this in Excel or if I should do this in Docs. Um, Ultimately, Documents won. I was, you know, as I was preparing for Now 20, it really occurred to me, like we talked about how much it's about to change. Uh, when we talk about early now, we have to talk extensively about the Backstreet Boys and and, and Sink and, and, you know, um, Christina, Brittany, Jessica and Mandy. And we talk about, you know, all of these groups and Destiny's Child. But like by Now 20, we're going to stop seeing appearances from Destiny's Child. We're just going to see Beyonce. We're going to stop seeing yeah. appearances from the Backstreet Boys, from NSYNC, and we're going to see just various members of NSYNC, and I think one ninety-eight degreeser. Um, 98 degreeser? I'm not sure. So we're about to enter an era where the thing that we have defined now as, the thing we've humorously been saying, oh, this is all now really is, it's about to come to a screaming halt. And that that's going to leave some really interesting questions. We see a little bit of the introduction of it in some of the last few nows. We've seen the uh, the, the changeover to kind of like the pop punk sound a little bit more uh, as it as it kind of became with Fallout Boy finally appearing with Sugar. We're going down, um, mm. <clears throat> and we're starting to see, for lack of a, a better term, um, slightly less vanilla in all regards. And I just thought it was uh, going to be an interesting thing to, to take a look at who appeared how many times we can only make so many baby bash and frankie J jokes where we say right. they appear an inordinate number of times before we go in and we actually figure out just how inordinately did they appear maybe we have it wrong maybe they appeared four times but that's okay because jay-z appeared 36 it was important to take a look and check ultimately no um i did walk away from this experiment with three very major hypotheses um, and, and, and conclusions that I'd like to, to test. Without further ado, Chris, are you on our mm-hmm. amazing now artist complete appearance list? I am. Uh, I have separated it by number of appearances. Mm-hmm. I have put the artist and the name of the song they appeared with, or songs, and also the now. Uh, it doesn't really matter so much early on, um, where you know some people just have one appearance, uh, and it makes sense in the time, such as BB Mac appearing with uh, back here on number five, but there were some kind of shocking things in terms of people who I kind of couldn't believe appeared only once. And a number of people I couldn't believe appeared even once. Right. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to kick off the discussion about the, 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 the shock Mary J. Blige appearing with only one song, family affair on now nine. I was pretty surprised. Um, I don't know enough about, her to know if this song was towards the end of her career, the middle of her career. I'm guessing the fact that you would be surprised means that she had a substantial career beyond that song. She had a number of singles from this album, Family Affair, including No More Drama, which was a star-studded music video in which she got a number of celebrities who had recently seen uh, quite a bit of drama to appear and plead on television screens, singing along to the song, saying, No More Drama. Um, She also did some unusual things. She re-recorded one 
with U2, but I don't believe oh, that's quite okay. yet. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's one of those things, like, uh, that was a really big thing at this point, and I'm, I'm shocked we haven't gotten to any yet. Artists would inexplicably re-record a bunch of their tracks as duets, even mm. if they didn't make any sense as a duet. Yes, um, we, we both are big fans of um, Nelly Furtado and uh, have both just run the gauntlet of Keith Urban songs. I know that there is a version of Back in God's Hands off of Loose that he, I don't know, recorded a verse from his home studio or whatever. I also know like churches recently did a, a version of their song with, uh, not a version, it's tough to say it's a version of their song. I just feel like they record like a verse and then someone smashes it together of Bury It with Haley Williams, which is really not good. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is not a new thing. This is this happens and will continue to happen for some reason that probably involves money. Oh, it has to. There's no question there. Um, we have, you know, we promised we would put you on this many releases. Let's cram you in there. Just record this real quick on your cell phone. Yeah, and, um, and there's probably some ideation of crossover success or using that as a springboard for some sort of mainstream recognition, but how often has that really worked? I don't know. Um, I, I can't think of any of those versions that are really significantly bigger than the original one. Uh, if the original is known at all. Sure. For instance, um, Christina Aguilera and Ricky Martin had a late in his career, I believe it was on his second uh, no, it might probably have to be the third album. It might have been the second album. Who the hell knows? Um, with Nobody Wants to Be Lonely, it was originally recorded for his record. Uh, then they went in, they had Christina Aguilera record some bits. And it's almost hysterical when you like listen back to his version and then you listen to her version. Because um, the Christina Aguilera version of anything is like... If, if somebody's like, oh, check it out, that person's being a showboat. Christina Aguilera fucks you with a yacht. And like, that's kind of what she does. And I, I think Ricky Martin is a gorgeous creature, but Ricky Martin, like when I'm like, man, phrases I would use to describe Ricky Martin, vocal powerhouse, like doesn't come to mind. So that's one of those just things. Yeah. A lot of those things were disasters anyway. Speaking of disasters, uh, this next song is almost uh, a mashup. Something we've talked about a little bit. Um, Aaron Carter, uh, Aaron's party. Aaron Carter is one of those artists that I think um, had any significant popularity because he knew someone more famous. In this case, it would be his brother, Nick, who is obviously a member of the Backstreet Boys. Uh, But the unusual thing about Aaron Carter is Aaron Carter has managed to stay relevant through irrelevance. The kind of reality show hanger on TMZ regular kind of thing he's got going on that uh, more than a few has been celebrities kind of have grifted on through their late era. Yeah. Uh, he's also gone for the full grossness. Yes. I don't know when he, like, I mean, like, full on looks like he is from Orlando. Uh, it's real rough to look at him. Funny enough, do you know who got their start writing for Aaron Carter? Ed Sheeran. So I guess that's two things we can blame. <laughs> One career on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think putting Aaron Carter on here is especially because if you take a look, it's Aaron Carter was included on Now 5. I don't know that Aaron Carter ever truly pierced the culture of vernacular as they're trying to pretend he did by including him on this now. But I do think seeing that it was included on Now 5 and not, say, Now 17 is is pretty telling that what Now was trying to be changed considerably. Okay. I guess. Right? Because, yeah. like, I think Aaron... Aaron's party is nothing I could imagine being on the same now as Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, but yeah, the top- okay. I, 
I don't know. I guess it's just such a blatant like. Now, now it gets used. All right, how do I? So we, we've seen artists that are clearly there because it's they're the new young band. They're they're the rookie artists, and the record label is clearly trying to push them as the next thing, and and using now as a way to elevate them because clearly the radio has failed and they, they couldn't do it. I just I, I see that being an extension here. I see it being a demographics thing. Throw one on for the little kids. Uh, he's he's inoffensive. The parents maybe won't mind that much. I'm not as surprised at his inclusion. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I don't I don't argue that it makes sense. He's included where he's included. I think now evolves to a point where at this point in now in now five, if um, you go on and look at now five, a lot of the stuff they were trying to push was to cover a, a broad a broad cross section. In the early episodes of now, we talked a lot about the divisions of the records. There were the pop songs, the two or three songs for non-white audiences. Then there were the rock songs for dad, the songs mom could put up with. To that end, which actually leads me to a really slightly ahead of uh, where we are place, but Celine Dion has one appearance on a now for A New Day Has Come. I feel like that's kind of the the parents' demographic one. It's like, oh, hey, we remember her from that other stuff she did. Yeah. This is you know, definitely late, late, late era Celine Dion. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I get what you're saying. I guess there will be a little bit more consistency down the line, and here it does really feel a lot more like record label compilation. Yeah, the early nows feel like they were targeting an average age of 25 by targeting as young as one and as and old as 50. And then after a while, they only really care about like 15 to 35 and they'll just take what they can mm. get. Also, I know we talked about it in our last episode or possibly the one before that, but I need to say something. Kelly Clarkson, Behind These Hazel Eyes... Um, this was easily her fourth or fifth single, and for this to be her only inclusion on here, we've already missed Miss Independent. We've already missed a moment yeah. like this. We've already had um, since you've been gone. It's this is one of those things. Like part of what I, I really appreciated about this list, I would love to make this list public for our readers. Um, is this is saying that they felt by the point at which Behind These Hazel Eyes came out. She didn't need to be on a now. No, it's very probably like record label bullshit. But that does mean that we keep listening to these and being like, oh, man, hit after hit after hit. Wait till some of the other people that we acknowledge are only on one. And it's just kind of like it's shocking, actually. I did want to point out that we had people for whom one appearance made an extraordinary amount of sense. We have Iman, who had Don't Want You mm-hmm. Back on Now 15. We had Eiffel 55, um, I'm sorry, Eiffel 65 with Blue. Which I believe won um, the, the initial April Sadness for the worst song to be on an album until that point. Yeah. Uh, unshocking that Godsmack have a single appearance. Uh, they don't even fucking belong on here. We had the one appearance from Boz Lerman yeah. for Everyone's Free to Wear Sunscreen. Yeah. Um, there were just a number of songs where when you look at them, yeah – you're only going to be on here once. You're right. not some band that belongs on a now. I think my biggest shock is for everything we've talked about, how phenomenal these artists are, Missy Elliott and Pink up through now have one appearance each. That is really stunning. Um, and we, you know, we saw Missy Elliott appear on the, um, the Rolling Stones greatest songs of the century list uh, more than once and extremely high. Uh, it's always weird to talk about lists. Um, that countdown. By high, I mean like low numbers, like 1 through 20. Um, 
So she she gets reflective hot, like, of success. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's it's she, t- top twenty. Uh, I'll say that instead of high or low. She appears top twenty, top twenty five twice. Uh, it's impressive as hell, and it's it's warranted. Uh, it's just it, there gets to be a point where you have to wonder. Pink as well, Kelly Clarkson. Why the bigger songs aren't on there, and you have to chalk them up to financial decisions. I don't think these come down to um, we couldn't afford to put the song on there because. You know, this is just record labels picking and choosing. I think they don't necessarily believe that the bigger songs at this point need to be on there. That they would rather sell the artist's album on its own, the full the full artist album, than sell it as part of a compilation, as part of a single. Is the only real guess I can make. That honestly, in some ways, much like golf, like the lower the number is is almost indi- uh, indicative of success towards the around 20s point of nows. I get what you're trying to say, yeah. You know, and and part of what kind of gets me, Rihanna only has one appearance here. That makes That's sense. Fine, Ponder yeah. Replay was on number 20. It, it's a brand new thing. She's just barely famous. But then there's things that really took me off guard. Shaggy, I don't want to like be like... So something you've said a few times that, that cracks me up because I love your consistency on saying it is it's not hard to have a number one hit now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just get just go to Walmart and play with all of the cell phones at Walmart and you can get them all on SoundCloud and make yourself a hit. You know what I mean? This is sort of back in the day, you know, the nows take place in an era where number ones were kind of harder to come by. Oh, yeah. And I very specifically remember listening to I think it might have still been Casey Kasem, uh, his top forty countdown or top fifty, top mm-hmm. twenty, whatever the hell it was on Sunday morning. And he the thing was and coming up, we have the number one song in the country, which is the first song to ever just be titled the word Angel to hit number one. Several artists of bigger stature have tried and failed, including um, Angel by Aerosmith, which charted in the top ten, Angel by Sarah McLaughlin, which charted in the top ten, and I can't remember the other one he used as an example, but the first number one single, simply titled Angel on the, the actual pop charts, not, you know, some subdivision, was Shaggy. Can I can I just point out while on the um on the topic of Angel by Shaggy, which I guess you know we'll never really get to talk about. I never, despite knowing the song, I never realized that it was like ripped directly. I don't know if it's quite a sample, but like, Angel of the Morning from Angel of the Morning. Like somehow that just never ever clicked in my brain until like last week when I heard the original. I had the same relationship with um, Leaving by Jesse McCarthy and or Jesse McCartney, however you say that, and not realizing it's supposed to be leaving on a jet plane. I don't think I've ever even heard that song to uh, to have tried to make that connection in my dumb brain. <laughs> Good for your brain. There you go. So, like, Shaggy's It Wasn't Me was, you know, as much as, like, nobody likes Shaggy, everybody likes going, oh, it's Shaggy. You know what I mean? Like, we all have a good time being funny. Uh, it's really important to note he doesn't sing like that. I would love him and Shakira to record a song together. They should have done one of those needless duets because he totally would have been like, one other, one other, we're meant to be together. And it would have been really fun. Um, and you would have never been able to tell if it was Shakira or Shaggy singing <laughs> at the time, right? Um, except when he's talking about lucky that my hips are, you know, like lucky my muffin breasts, it would get like totally, he'd lose the song. But Shaggy was at this point a number one artist and not just like a slight number one artist. That record was everywhere. That record was one of those horrible records that's just you couldn't escape no matter what you did. And for him to only be on now six with It Wasn't Me really isn't indicative of the sales figures from those years. 
And, uh, you know, he might be one of those examples where it was, was too big, too big to fail. Yeah, and that, that actually brings me to a thing. Um, I love that you brought that up because I'm positive I had Kiss Me on, like, 16 Things mm-hmm. by Sixpence on the Richer. I'm positive I had I Don't Want to Wait on, like, 16 okay. Things. There were so, uh, Celine Dion's um, My Heart Will Go On. These aren't even songs like I sought to own on multiple things. I actually do love uh, both uh, Sixpence on the Richards. Uh, Sixpence on the Richards self-titled record is super spectacular. Actually, their Christian rock stuff is also really incredibly powerful. Uh, Tickets for a Prayer Wheel has one of the most incredible pieces of music I've ever heard. It's something called uh, Within a Room Somewhere. It's a really unbelievably good song. Um, they're the guy behind Sixpence, Matt Slocum, is just like an unfucking believable songwriter. You just have to like slightly religious story songs. Mm. I kind of bury down the religion and just kind of pretend it's about knights and kings, and that's the king they mean. Okay. Um, but I can't press how much I love Sixpence None the Richer enough to be honest with you, and that that era of their music. And for the only thing people to know, to be Kiss Me because. Kiss Me was on every release. I, I really get what you're saying. It's almost like there were songs that it was better to try and hold back a little bit because there were songs that completely burnt out by being on everything and right. everywhere. There would be no benefit to have included Kiss Me on one of these nows when Kiss Me was already on like the She's All That soundtrack or something. You know what I mean? There were so many avenues. It's why Netflix won't carry certain shows now. If it's available on too many streaming platforms, there's no exclusivity. They have no need for it. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to point out that we have an inclusion on this list that absolutely proves that what now was is permanently gone. Okay. That first few nows featured hits from a really broad, broad, broad sense of 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 kind of like a, a broad library, kind of like a deep well, because Sublime's What I Got cannot possibly have become popular around the time of the second now in a way that lines up with the other things on the second now. That is a great point. I don't remember. I've, I've These nows alone have probably caused me to drink away so many memories that I made in my life, so I can't even remember us talking about that way back on volume... Uh, uh, one two. or two, wherever that initially came in. But yeah, that's such an interesting point, is that this is definitely pulling from from the past. And I think we also noted that Natalie and Brulia's Torn was a little bit out of time as well on that first one. So they, uh, yeah. yeah, so that first one was definitely pulling from not just that year, but previous years as well. We're going to get into a couple of really shocking... When we get to the multiple song artists, mm-hmm. we're going to get to some really, really, really fucking shocking misrepresentations of libraries. Oh, yeah. um, and some of them that I hadn't even realized played out in the way they played out. There's uh, a tremendous sense of malarkey in those first few nows. I love... That, a, uh, tremendous sense of my, of, a tremendous sense of malarkey is my favorite indie math rock band, just FYI. Yeah, it's just... It's... It's... It's unbelievable what we're going to... What we're going to come to realize is the... Is the like, celebrities in Hollywood wish time worked like this. Mm-hmm. How they're going to mess with these releases and the schedule. Um, I don't really have anything else about the individual appearances. There's a lot of people who make sense to appear once. Lindsay Lohan makes sense to appear once. Um, I think Usher is also in that kind of um, too big for now category. With, yeah. Um, that, the album Only... that's coming out around this time, what is that, Confessions? 
Sorry. Yeah, Confessions, okay. which changed life. I yeah. mean, it was such a humongous hit. It was beyond a humongous hit. It was a mega yeah. hit. It was a worldwide uber phenomenon. You can't even – like Confessions was one of those records that loved it. Or I, 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 I'm, It was like Lemonade at the time. But it does mean that when we look back at the nows, there is a sense of – you're right. Too big to include also kind of means – we're going to be overlooking some yeah. stuff. So if our question is, does everything on a now hold up? That's a question that I think we can still answer. But I think we officially have our answer to, does now truly encapsulate the time? Uh, no. Uh, yeah. I think no. I think we officially can yes, say no. I, um, I mean, the fact that we, we don't do them anymore because we're going to put them in kind of their own episodes because of how frequently it's coming out and how more blatant the omissions are. But we don't do omissions se- uh, segments anymore. Because it, the, the, the fact that we even needed them from Jump Street shows that it's not representative of the time. A hundred percent. And the nows actually start coming out a little bit faster. Exactly. Um, it's like one in a year, then it's two in a year, then it's three in a year, then, it, then it's three in a year again, and then I think it's four, 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 four. And what winds up happening is they did need to increase the frequency to keep up with the number yeah. of hits. Our turnover for hits got out of control. Uh, I love to point out that um, you uh, there's some songs that I think, like, unless there's, like, something actually broken inside of you, you have to love. Um, like, it's like, it's supposed, you're supposed to feel good. If As I Lay Me by Sophie B. Hawkins comes on the radio and you don't get Sophie B. excited, there's something weird about you. And... I think that's just one of those perfect pieces of music. And I think so did the rest of the world because it was on the goddamn pop charts for 104 weeks. I'm going to I'm gonna make you sad um, that off of the top of my head, I don't know what that song is. Uh, you, I'm sure you uh, yeah. do. As I lay oh, okay. me down. Yeah, yeah. And then the little, the little baby comes in that, you know, eventually grew up to be the baby in the Aaliyah song. <laughs> That song was on the pop charts for literally two fucking years. That doesn't happen anymore because of the immediacy and the availability of music in its many forms and the financial um, – the, the fact that now you can get a song you like for 99 cents right. and – it's hard to live without a device that allows you access to that. I'm not saying that we've hit the greatest point of American financial equality, but I am saying that how we spend our money and what is available to us at what price has shifted dramatically. There no longer is a need for things the way there used to be. You you don't need to watch MTV for 18 hours hoping they play the video you want um, because you'll die first. Now you just need to go on YouTube and hope the artist made a video, or you can watch a Naruto fan video set to the song. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that the um, that immediacy has, in some ways, made it that people will never like people's favorite songs will be written, and they won't even know it because I can't imagine how many songs I never would have heard of, or I just would have missed if if I could go straight to the single I wanted. It, that 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 period of waiting that per- is a period of discovery. I'm not saying that you know. This is maybe comes across as like a back in my day, good old days kind of thing, but there's something missing there that YouTube recommends and you know autoplay is not going to give you, like the fact that you had to wait 45 minutes on the radio to hear your single. And that's 
that's really the heart of it. You know, um, something I say to my students all the time is you guys actually do have a problem with immediacy. I'm not attacking an entire generation. I'm saying you've never had to experience yeah. delay. It, there's, there is an incredible sense of, of – I think – just to bring up I think the crazy, smartest, weirdest, most unbelievable thing that – I'm really having trouble understanding how Marvel as a studio who announced Infinity War like so early on that it stupidly choreographed everything they did for four fucking years to the point where they had to like make – they had to have – the ending of Infinity War, which I'm strangely trying not to spoil, even though I'm sure by the time this comes out, you know, every person on Earth has seen it. At least half of them. It's, yeah. Um, and then the other half turned to dust. Yeah. I think, I can't fucking fathom how they haven't released the name of the fourth film when they fucking shot their wad on releasing the plot of the third and fourth film. Like, I swear to God, it's the weirdest thing. It's like, it's almost like they were like, yeah, guys, we're going to do this really impressive thing. We're going to do two really impressive things. Here's everything about them. And then they realized they told you everything. So now they're like, oh, but we do have one more secret surprise that we're just not mentioning until the last second. And like, they're just stretching this thing fucking out. And I think it's fascinating because we used to live in a time where you had to hope that they decided to make a sequel to a movie you like. Right. And now we live in a time where they tell you in advance that it's going to be 22 fucking movies. Yep. And I am staggered waiting to see what it is Marvel has up their sleeve that this name is worth this delay because I'm fascinated. I don't give a shit. I'm going to go see it. You know, I, I make my decisions about how I'm going to spend my money when it comes to shit like comic book movies and comics and, and media. And I know what I'm going to go see. I'm going to go see this movie, even if its name is fucking, you know, Avengers 4, Avengers to her. Even if that is the name of this movie, I'm going to go see it. And that's just fine with me. I don't care. I'd have to guess they're they're holding off on that because, you know, I've, I've, as you know, I have an uncle who works at Disney. And uh, and he told me that it's called, uh, it's Avengers 4, RIP, Captain America and Iron Man. So I get why they're trying to delay it as long as possible, but there you go. That is true. Um I also think it might be called Avengers 4. So many contracts are up. We're not sure what to do. Quick, buy the X-Men. So um, I I think some of my students have said to me stuff like, oh, my God, it's going to be the title's going to be crazy. It's going to be sick. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I'm Avengers like, no, 4, just absolutely not. Attack of the Clones. Yeah, what the fuck is it going to be called? Yeah, exactly. I think I've actually said Avengers 4 Return of the Jedi a few times. <laughs> Avengers 4 Thanos Boogaloo. Avengers uh, Avengers 4, Curly's Gold. Like, <laughs> what the hell are you going to call this movie that it matters? And so I bring this up because the immediacy has warped these kids' brains into thinking anything that they're not told immediately must be fantastic and incredible and so amazing. And all I'm saying is we might get that game and Waluigi might not be in it. Well, that is bullshit. <laughs> not that, like, you know, patches exist and they might want to be saving some of their... Uh, their content for down the line. If I don't have it now, it's bullshit. <laughs> okay. Chris, did you have anything to polish off uh, ones with? No, let's talk about the twos and threes together since I think they're, they're kind of, there's not a huge difference here. Like this is kind of the, the mediocre, the, the, the mediocre appearances, but there's a lot of interesting people that I, th I think this one is a little bit... I think the twos and threes are a little bit more consistent. I think these are people who had their moment 
or in the case of like Pharrell, are in the middle of having their moment right now where we are at 20. I think that the the biggest shocks for twos, um, and I will immediately go into threes because I do like the idea of discussing them together because there's a lot of crossover. Yeah. You can actually see that they kind of swap twos out for other twos. Um, mm. and you had Garbage with I Think I'm Paranoid and Special at two and three. Then you have Incubus with Drive and Wish You Were Here at six and nine. Then you have Franz Ferdinand with Take Me Out and Do You Want To at 17 and 20. Like, they're sort of like, just plug in whatever the rock thing right. is. Plug in whatever the rock thing yeah. is. Plug in whatever the rock thing is. But I think that the, the thing that, like, I literally jaw dropped is in some fucking parallel universe... On some moon of of Thanagar mm-hmm. out there, right? Spice Girls Say You'll Be There appeared on Now Number One, uh-huh. and Goodbye appeared on Now Number Two. Yeah. Yeah, the Spice Girls appearances early on are weird. As if to say Spice World, the record that had the fucking movie, never happened. So, okay, it, not to be, like, the biggest, gayest little faggot that ever just fucking faggoted, but, like, okay, the Spice Girls single should be Wannabe, Say You'll Be There, and uh, To Become One off of Spice. Uh, I think some countries got If You Can't Dance as a single, but I don't actually remember. Um and then their second record was Spice World, and that was a year or two later, and that featured Spice Up Your Life, Stop, Generation Next, Move Over, the Pepsi song that was also a, a commercial, um, and Too Much. It featured mm-hmm. another set of four mega number fucking ones, man, and it goes from Say You'll Be There to Goodbye record to record bypassing the majority of their career as if to say this weird sentence the spice girls first appear and they're like say you'll be there and then they're like bye on the next record right it's really quite it's almost jarring to see the spice girls appear on one record and disappear on the next yeah completely agree it is we get the uh the alpha and the omega kind of of the spice girls and it's both of them are a little bit out of time to begin with. It's 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 the most anachronistic other than um you know uh like we said Torn and Karma Police being on that first one and Sublime far too late. Uh, I love that and I I'm totally seeing what you're seeing here. Um and I love uh with the with the switches I mean because you get them tr- they try with Robbie Williams, then he's gone and then they they drop the two singles off of Kylie Minogue's Fever, and then uh-huh. like, oh, we can we can do British pop again, and then they're like, oh nope, we couldn't. So he's just got one at like two and one at thirteen. I love some of these artists with like massive gaps, like Sheryl Crow, two and yeah, 15, really denoting like different either periods in their career or like with Robbie Williams, different um, trends that they attempted to utilize this artist during, or just like with Aerosmith, it's like here's their time, jaded and just puts play or some forty one Fat Lip and Hell Song. Both of those are the two lead singles off of two albums that came out back to back. Uh, it's like, you know, that's, that's where they had their run. And now we're moving on to something else. I completely agree. I think there's some really excellent examples of that, especially in the three appearances category. Mm-hmm. Maya. Maya is someone we have talked extensively about when we have talked about her, but we haven't had enough opportunities to talk about her. Right. She has three appearances. Take me there with black street and, um, the Rugrats. Like, yeah. And, Mace and I forget who else yeah. uh, uh, on Now 2 A Case of the X on Now 5 and My Love is Like Whoa on Now 14 we see her go from because on her first appearance, don't get me wrong um, when Maya first came out it was on Ghetto Superstar with uh-huh. um, 
uh, ODB. ODB and Praz, right? It's uh, well, the rap part is definitely old dirty bastard. And then it's the the main guy is the other guy from the Fujis. Uh, I think his name is Praz. I am not sure. Um, I just remember and, my eyes are so being a senator like that. I'll never forget that those bars. Yeah, no, you really can't. That's pretty burnt in there. Mm-hmm. Um, she very quickly went to her debut record. She had a a song she did with Cisco. It's all about me. She had another single that I can't think of at the moment. Um, then she does Take Me There. She comes back with her second album, and she's decidedly more adult. It's a case of the ex, because y'all didn't have no kids, you didn't share no mutual friends, and you told me that she turned tricks when y'all broke up in 96. What you gonna do when you can't say no and your feelings about the show, boy, I really need to know? How you gonna act? How you gonna handle that? What you gonna do when she wants you back? Like, she went from being kind of like, I'm young and I'm adorable, to being like, this is real. It, it's almost like a set, it's like R. Kelly realism in her lyrics, um, and then we get to like, my love is like, whoa, which I think might have been like, I think I might've missed that one. That might've been my last non regular host appearance, That could be. which I wow. think it, it was that's your late. last one with Joey. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's possible. That's a late one. And I think what's shocking about it, cause I think it actually recorded it with Joey like three months in advance. Oh yeah. That sounds um, familiar. It just, it, holy at this shit. point it just feels like you've always been here. I agree. But real mm-hmm. quick. Edit this out if you have to. Joey, this is the same day we've been talking about Unreal all day. So that's where I'm at in my head right now, buddy. I am broken. We're both obsessed with this show on Lifetime called Unreal, which is... Well, he mentioned um, that while we were recording uh, The Dark Knight, actually. Yeah, it's it's literally one of the... It's like... I I don't know how to express it, but it's like... It's a dark piece of art in a Lars von Trier way. Okay. But it's on Lifetime. I... You've... Your elevator pitch... It was like it's like perfect for me. I'm now intrigued. This, it's about it's about a a bachelor esque show. It's written by it was created by a woman who was an executive producer on The Bachelor, and it's a it's really a, it's it's a pretty real to life account of how these things work. And essentially, it is a an indictment of um, toxic masculinity. It is the lengths to which we push women to create this context of love. It's, it's the dark, it's, it's, it, it's, it's one of those shows that after you watch it, you just don't feel right. Like you feel itchy and you feel kind of sick and it's, it's really just, and it's super trashy, but it's trashy in a way that's supposed to be like, look over here, look at the trashy. So you don't realize how dark it's getting. And it's, it's just one of those shows that like, I don't know how time is going to look at it, but Constance Zimmer's performance on it literally defies logic. And Craig Bierko blows the fucking roof off every episode. And it's just been a really emotionally devastating four seasons. And we only have three episodes left. Um, Hulu didn't even announce when it was dropping. They just dropped it. They just dropped the final season out of nowhere. Mm. And it's, it's, it's like every episode makes you feel a little bit sicker because you watch these women decide to do these things to other women to impress white male executives. And like, you see them emulating the toxic masculinity, but you see them become betrayed when it's a, when it's targeted at them. And it's just this ugly, ugly mirror of our culture right now. And it's, it's, it just makes you feel wrong when you watch it. And it's so good. And I can't believe it's ending. And I'm so glad it's over because I literally couldn't do another season of it. Okay. Season two, like literally kept me up at night and season four has not disappointed. We watched five in one day. Cool. Yeah. Sorry. So I just need a Joey to know. Um, If you don't know, now you know. 
So My Love is Like Woe is this weird attempt at becoming like like this super sexual megastar and it's 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 so far removed from Case of the X, it's almost hard and I, I don't feel this way, but it is almost hard to look at this appearance of My Love is Like Woe and not feel like, oh, that's the old lady trying to be sexual when you look at her earlier appearances. Now contextualizing time period when we start to talk about how many come out, how quickly, and how many people have how many appearances on how many nows, you very quickly get a sense that if you don't appear on three or four nows, bitch, you're old. And... It really feels like Maya's My Love is Like Woe is this... It's almost like... My Love is Like Woe is a really interesting compliment to Willa Ford's I Want to Be Bad. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it feels weird coming from Aggressively Maya sexual? Here. Yeah. Aggressively sexual. Um, I also think there are people who you can see the rise and fall of their career in their entirety. Nickelback yep. first appears with How You Remind Me at 10. Uh... The second appearance is Chad Kroger's Hero on 11. Those feel impossibly close together. And then they finally disappear with Someday at 14. Uh, Smash Mouth have three appearances from three to eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to bring to a, an interesting person who I, I couldn't believe only had two appearances. Um, oh. Ja Rule. Um, hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'm surprised by that. It's just shocking because Ja Rule was – he was the first rapper who truly made it as a pop artist, which is what killed yeah. his career yeah. as quickly as it made I mean it. he was really a guy that was on other people's songs. Like that was kind of his thing for a long time. Yeah, also having a very tiny face. Did we not – I guess that was an omission because I was thinking – we definitely covered I'm Real on one episode, but that must have been during the omission era. It had – oh, well, we will cover – I have a lot of insane things to say about J-Lo's appearances on here when we get to it. Um, uh, There's a couple of things that are kind of funny and interesting to note. While doing research for this episode, I wanted to do a little bit of research. I'm going to say a really funny story. Um, And it's a a really specific memory. And uh, he's a friend of yours and he's a friend of mine. Um, We have a buddy named Mm -hmm. Neil. And Neil has a really cool sister named Tara. And when we were in high school... um, Somehow we in a, we were in a creative writing class and somebody was talking about lyrics that mean a lot to them and somebody was talking about Switchfoot and I made the comment of, well, they did start as a Christian rock band and she was like, no, they didn't. And I was like, yes, they did. And she was like, no, they didn't. And like this was before you could whip out your phone and check and it really stuck in my head and I just like – and I know we talked about that there was like a Christian rock vibe to them on the episode but I just had to do the research last night Switchfoot is so much more than these two songs, um, Meant to Live at 16 and Dare You to Move at 17. It turns out they had an unbroken 20-year career in which they released seven albums, several of which were Grammy-nominated. These were their only two breakout hits, but they have continued to be in the Christian and gospel section for a really long time, um, remaining incredibly successful. And they've literally taken their first hiatus for the foreseeable future ever in December. And I just sort of thought it was uh, kind of like when I tried to catch us up on Eve. There was a little bit like, you know, with some of these artists where it's like, oh, wow. Speaking of Eve, how did I forget? Eve, Let Me Blow Your Mind and Gangsta Lovin' both prove something really interesting. Let Me Blow Your Mind is the first appearance of Gwen Stefani. Gangsta Lovin' is the only fucking appearance of Alicia Keys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, another artist potentially that is uh, that has transcended this. Uh, it must be. I don't even know because like she's on Clive Davis's Jive Records. Mm. 
So it can't be that she's not available contractually no. because Britney is on like so many. Yeah, and that's, um, that's a Eminem using using those artists are a really good counterpoint to the idea of you know too too big to even be on this. Though a lot of those artists, their peaks do come before like fifteen. So it is possible that we're looking at fifteen as kind of being almost that point of now is like that the tipping point of now success where it goes from not needing the the all-stars essentially yes i also want to take two seconds and i would like to point out that the first casualty of the pop empire i think we've i think we've very comfortably said that we feel the four pop princesses that stand out the strongest and I, you know what we've amended this to reverse include beyonce in a lot of ways but it's Brittany, Christina, Mandy, and Jessica. And I do like adding Beyonce because we have proven a lot through this show how important Destiny's Child was and Beyonce had been to shaping music. Um, I think we've also said that there were four boy groups. We've said it's pretty much Backstreet, NSYNC, 98 Degrees, and uh, O-Town. <clears throat> and I think if you're going to put O-Town on the list, you have to put B2K on the list because I believe B2K appears more than O-Town. Um, and again, they represented a, a section of music that maybe we weren't as intimately familiar with, but they certainly were superstars in their own genre, though that wasn't necessarily the same pop crossover. But that's kind of what I'm about to get to. Um, 98 Degrees have their final appearance on Now 5. They appear with Because of You on Now 2, The Hardest Thing on Now 3, and Give Me Just One Night on Now 5. Other than an upcoming appearance by Nick Lachey uh, in the Now 20s of I Can't Hate You Anymore, his post-divorce song aimed at Jessica... That is all we will ever get from 98 Degrees. 98 Degrees have three appearances. So do Chevelle, Fuel, Good Charlotte, Casey and JoJo, and Petey Pablo. Mm. Mm. That's like, there's, what? Also at only three appearances are Pharrell and Snoop Dogg, um, and two of them are shared. So... That's also one of those things where, like, it's just – it's impossible for me to be, like, P.D. Pablo had the same impact on music as Nas, who only has three appearances up to this point as well. Um, I just – the I, I do think we have hit a point where I do think we have answered the question. Um, Nows are not very good encapsulations of their time properly, but we still are able to grade whether or not they hold up. I think they're holding up for the most part, because when it's really bad, we just laugh at it. But um, this was shocking to see that, you know, Nickelback and Chad Kroger are as quote-unquote musically relevant as um, Snoop Dogg so says Mm -hmm. now. You know, I'm I'm looking at the fours here, and I think the fours are maybe, other than Shakira, um, and maybe even including that, because there's a huge gap there, but only of all of the fours, the only one with any kind of real gap that's unexplained is that one. The rest really do. The rest are really great examples of squeezing as much blood as you can from a stone. All of these artists exploded into the nows very quickly, and over the course of just a few, were gone in a flash. Sierra, seventeen, nineteen, two songs on twenty. Vanessa Carlton runs the the superfecta here. Ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Um, Chingy is close with 14, 16, 17, 18. This is, this is a, f- a flash and then a burnout for all of these artists. And it's very, very telling based on the names of these artists. 
I really, yeah, I think at four and up, there's not enough people that it's not worth not reading them. We have B2K with Uh Uh-huh at 10, Bum Bum Bump at 12, Girlfriend at 12, and Omarion uh, had O at 18, which we savaged. Um, It's it's shocking. Uh, Also, Bump 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 features our only appearance by Sean Puffy Combs P. Diddy. Shocking. Um, Okay, I'm going to finally do it. Fucking Baby Bash appears on 14, 15, 18, and 19. He appears with Sugar Sugar on 14. He appears with Shorty Doo-Wop on 15, Obsession on 18, and Baby I'm Back on 19, two of which he does with Frankie J. Frankie J also appears on 13 with Don't Wanna Try and How to Deal with 19. I think that we are saying that... That 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 I just can't understand how I think Baby Bash and Frankie J are the two people with the, the, by far the by far too well, many appearances. Yes. <laughs> they are literally the most egregious and inexplicable thing. On, like I'm sorry. Look, I understand. I I think I have spent four fucking hours of these episodes just doing Baby Bash bits, and I have not thrown into Frankie J because I imagine that his name is like really like you know Frankie Johnson and like. That's just your name. Your name, like, oh no, he got Frankie Jade. Like, that's not funny. He got Baby Bash. That's hysterical. This guy chose to go by that. So, like, unless his name is, like, legally Baby It J Bash, in which case I feel <laughs> terrible. But, um, no, I don't. Uh, I do think Baby Bash and Frankie J- I'm not even kidding. I think they were the impetus behind this whole thing. I had to prove that I was right. I had to prove that it made no sense that they appeared this many times. It made me so mad. Um, okay, now here's something I've wanted to say to you for a while. Oh. Okay, ready? Vanessa Carlton mm-hmm. appears on A Thousand Miles, 10, Ordinary Day, mm-hmm. 11, Pretty Baby, 12, mm-hmm. and Big Yellow Taxi, 13. There is no mention of her moderately successful second album's debut single, mm-hmm. um, White Houses, which is Completely probably agree. her best single in my opinion. Um, and the lyrics in that song are so fucking intense and real and raw and like, oh my God, she's such a... Yes. When she's on, she's on. Check out No Lead a Fairy Tale if you need another really great Vanessa Carlton track. Vanessa Carlton has four appearances and, and how many appearances does, does... Well, Vanessa Carlton is a Michelle Branch clone. Where are all the Michelle Branch appearances? Yeah. That timeline should... Work yeah. out. It should it should line up perfectly, right? Where's Are You Happy yeah. Now? Where's Goodbye to You? Where's Everywhere? All You Wanted? Where's um, All You Wanted? She, she had like five mega hits. She was – she only – like here's something that's important to remember Michelle Branch. Michelle Branch chose to stop being famous. Yeah. That's like such an important thing to remember. She's had trouble getting back on her feet when she decided to try again. But Michelle Branch made an enormous amount of money being incredibly, incredibly good at what she – like I don't think Michelle Branch is some all-time amazing artist. I think she has a very okay voice. She's a very average guitar player and she's a very clever songwriter. I think her package – Altogether, what she's able to create is ten times what most people with her skill level is able to are able to create. I think Hotel Paper is a pretty. St- I still think it's a pretty incredible album. One of these days, are you happy now? Um, Love me like that. Um, desperately, she's a phenomenal performer. So, how the fuck does Vanessa Carlton, who is half the artist in my opinion, Michelle Branches, have have? Four times as many. No, like an infinite number more because Michelle Branch doesn't fucking appear. So like literally, it's not even any number times as many. Michelle Branch doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's weird. That's – the zeros in some ways are almost more interesting than yeah. than the tens 
And that's that's even that's the thing that's like impossible to quantify even. Like Madonna, yeah. who has yet to appear and is having number one still in this era. Mm-hmm. Um, well, wait, no. Uh, Madonna appeared with American Pie, right? That had to have happened. We did that song on the show. Oh no, we did that on the terrible covers. Oh man, my 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 micro shows are getting crossed over with the macro shows. Oh god. Yeah. Um, speaking of terrible, I still did. You know, when we did episode one, I didn't understand it. When we did episode five, I didn't understand it. How the fuck are Everclear on here four times? This is like literally all of their songs, um, but not even. You got well, yeah, it is. It's actually all of their songs. I bought a new father of mine. Wonderful. Is there? I feel like there might be one other Angry at Dad song that I'm I'm missing in there somewhere. Oh, there's Santa Monica. The yeah. one song I like by them, Santa Monica. Right. It came out before I will buy you a new life. And no one remembers AM radio, so that could easily fit in there in that in those early that early run somewhere. Yeah, they are a band that uh, again, like they they milked them for all that they were worth. Um, the fours are fascinating, honestly. Well, it's, the, we only it, have two shows, fours left. It shows the trends the most. Um, Clearly so far, right? Stunning. Well, I'm going to stun you even further. Say goodbye to Mandy Moore. Candy at four, I want to be with you at five, and my pocket at seven, crush at eight. This is insane. Mm -hmm. This boils her entire library down to two years of nows, even though these records came out across three or four years. Um, Mandy Moore is the first pop princess we'll be saying goodbye to. Should we say goodbye to her, at least significantly after we say goodbye to... 98 Degrees. Mandy Moore will have a few more singles, but she will go to a decidedly much more pop rock sound. Um, Her next record is a phenomenal covers record called Coverage. Um, After that, she records, my opinion, the record she'll never beat. She did a full record with the Weepies. Mm. um, And she will never, ever, ever, and it's not even in print anymore. It's her best album, and uh, for some reason the rights are lost, and you can't buy it. Um, But Wild Hope by... Mandy Moore is is sonic perfection. Um, but of course, it's not pop music. It's kind of folksy alternative, so it doesn't go on here. Um, I do think Shakira, you had a really good point with Shakira. There's that jump. Mm-hmm. Shakira appears with Whenever, Wherever at number nine. Uh, she has Underneath Your Clothes at number mm-hmm. 10. And then she does Objection Nonsense at number 11. Yeah, And we said that tor- uh, La Tortura, which is the one that comes back, um, for a, a sequel that no one needed way down the line. Um, we didn't even like that song very much. We said it was easily her, uh, and part of it is because maybe it's a duet, but it's like easily her, or just a, a weak, weak Shakira single. Yeah, she's going to keep appearing. We're not done with Shakira. Shakira is an artist who, it turns out, is kind of unstoppable on this on this series. She continues to have super mega hits worldwide, and as such, she's going to keep appearing on these forever. Um... I, I do think, though, that, that jump between Objection Tango and La Tortura, it, it, if you look at it just in the context of now, it does make her seem like a weaker artist. Yeah, maybe. Um, she just might be an artist that put out a second album that had a song worth doing where none of these other fours did. Uh, and maybe it took her a longer time than a lot of pop artists normally take to put out a second single. It, it might be fairly natural because that jump, at this point, you got to remember... Um, it's kind of like looking, I, you know, I always compare pop music to wrestling on the show, I realized, because there's so many similarities. But you look at, like, wrestling championships in the 60s and 70s, um, you know, Hulk Hogan holding on to a belt for four years, Bruno San Martino for, like, seven. Now, if a, if a seven months, four months for a world title reign, I just feel like the immediacy and the quickness of um, the nows after a certain point, you know, 
9, 10, 11 might come months in real world time apart. Um, and then it speeds up. So like there might be as much time between 19 and 11 as there would be b- between one and three early on. They're just coming so much quicker. This might be a natural gap between albums. I completely agree. I think, um, I do believe by seven, it's for a year. Okay. So, so then, yeah, uh, well, well, nine, 10, 11 are, well, we, but we, we said that nine, 10, 11 are all off the same. The right. Same but album, I mean, right? I even, yeah, I, I, we're going to get to a little bit further when we get, there's going to be that last, the top four, kind of the top four you think they are. And when we get to that, it's going to be nuts. What's more shocking than the top four are the people leading up to the top floor? Top four will drop your fucking jaw. Well, do we want to save that for the next episode? Is this a two-parter? I think this might be a two-parter because uh, the five, six, eight, and ten-plus appearances categories easily warrant uh, quite a bit of discussion. All right. Well, then, Nico, where can people find you? You guys can find me over on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr at. Nico Action, that's N-I-C-O-A-C-T-I-O-N. Turns out you can't spell my last name no matter how many times I try, so this makes it a little bit easier for everybody to find me. You can also find my awesome comic book over at KidRiotComics.com, as well as my music at Facebook.com slash ActionDuo. I had forgotten that the name of the music uh, moniker we're using right now is Action Duo when I started using Action uh, Nico Action, and I immediately regretted it, but I already committed, and that's that fucking shit, isn't it? Cool. And I'm at Chris Podcasts on Twitter. Right into the mailbag, now and again, cast at gmail.com. Uh, and leave us a review on iTunes if you like the show so that other people can feel the same way as you. But until we do the fives, six, and so on and so forth, and get to all the names that you are completely expecting, we'll catch you on the flip side. All my life I want money and power, respect my mind, or die from Shooters go after Judas Jesus Christ, if I live life on my knees Ain't no need to do this Park it in front of looters Next to their church is chicken All you pussies that loses All my niggas is winning Screaming all my life I want money and power Respect my mind or die flesh out I pray my dick get big as the Eiffel Tower So I can fuck the world for 72 hours God damn, I got bitches Damn, I got bitches Damn, I got bitches Wifey, girlfriend, and mistress All my life I want